This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, once again, we're coming to an end of another generation of gaming. And if I'm being honest with you guys, it can't come any quicker. There have been some really phenomenal seminal moments in gaming history made over the course of these last seven years, and a new wave of consoles and games means developers have the chance to maybe take some risks and implement some fresh new ideas, but it also means they get to trim some of the fat. As great as most of this generation has been, the new one provides a chance to get rid of some of the most god-awful types of missions we've had to suffer through as players for years. Developers love trends and formulas, and there are certain types of levels that we've played to death by now, and it's about time they were retired for good. I'm Josh from WhatCulture.com, and these are 9 video game level types that must die next generation. Number 9. Water Levels Okay, let's get this straight first of all. Swimming in real life is weird, in it, So it's no surprise that devs have had difficulty translating that over to a virtual space. The problem with water levels is that the physics we've become acquainted with are thrown out the window and instead, we're stuck with some janky new physics and a sense of momentum that studios rarely get right. Now, we are admittedly far from the days of MGS2 or early Tomb Raiders, but entire levels set around being underwater, having to manage an O2 gauge and wrestle with the controls are still far too common. Swimming is cool, there's no need to get rid of that inherently, just take a page out of The Last of Us 2's book for instance and make it fun, make it part of a bigger environment and don't just force it in as a gimmick. Number 8. Sewer Levels Sewers are gross, and sewer levels are somehow even worse. The main issue is just how drab and unattractive they are, and that's coming from me. Utilising the worst of the worst in terms of colour palette. We're talking greys, we're talking slime greens, we're talking rust orange. Also, almost every single sewer level is a case of copy and pasted textures. Everything is dull, and everything looks like the exact same thing that we've seen in these layouts a thousand times. And those layouts lead into the next problem, the endless maze. There isn't a single sewer level in my mind that doesn't cause the player to go in circles and double back looking for a way out. This isn't helped by the fact that, well, you guessed it, sewers are normally dark and your crappy little flashlight ain't doing anything to help out. 
And also, answer me this video games, why does Spider-Man always need a sewer level? Cut it out, he's a superhero, you could think up literally anything, and all we get are these same old sewers and warehouses while I'm on it. Number 7. Timed Missions Hey, do you want to instantly suck the fun and joy out of a video game for your audience? Do you also want to have said audience completely taken out of the experience and snap back to reality and feel horrible? Well, just stick a goddamn timer on a mission for no apparent reason. The main reason that timed missions are such an utter drag is that they often leave little to no room for error of any kind. Slip up once and you'll be forced to go through the process again, then you'll get past your last point of failure and slip up again, and then that'll happen again and again and again, rinse and repeat. The difference between these gimmick levels and something like Dead Rising is that they're often used as a substitute for actual challenge. No real thought is put into it, just an arbitrary timer to make something more intense. Number 6. Hold down the line. Don't worry fellas, the backup is on the way, or a chopper, or we're powering some generator, or other plot device to advance the story, but oh no, a colossal amount of cannon fodder's right at the gates. We have to hold them back until the plot device gets here, most likely three waves of them, or maybe four in case the developer decided they wanted to fly in the face of the sacred rule of three. Hold the line missions are kind of like the other side of the timed mission coin. They're both based around an arbitrary number, time is of the essence, and they are both so goddamn boring. Siege scenarios should be cool, but most devs operate on the exact same rules that you can almost predict how the sequence will go before it even happens. The only thing worse is when you die and have to start all the way from wave 1, or even worse, the prep stage where you have to place the same ineffective traps time and time again. Number 5. Tailing Missions Tailing missions are beyond irritating. They're dull, repetitive and monotonous, and the mechanics often aren't built for them either. You're having to run and stop and then run and stop because for whatever reason, the devs decided to make the NPC you're after like half the speed of your default run. LA Noirs, and don't get me wrong, I do love this game, are some of the damn worst. Be it on foot or by car, the tailing sequences brought the game to a snail's pace, and LA Noir wasn't exactly the most high-octane game to begin with. Of course, though, the worst offender in recent memory is Assassin's Creed, but thankfully the series has kind of moved away from these recently, but they still show up now and again. And honestly, I actually thought the industry had got the memo on this, but then I played Ghost of Tsushima, and there they were again in all of their annoying glory, and I bloody love that game otherwise. Number 4. Smash These Inanimate Objects One mission type that makes me roll my eyes every single time it comes up is when a game forces you to arbitrarily destroy some random objects around an environment. Marvel's The Avengers has been a recent pain in the ass for this. Hell, half of its missions seem to be built around the superheroes smashing bits of lab equipment for no real reason. Not only is it monotonous as hell to have this copied and pasted over and over again, but it often takes far too long as well. Why does this beam have more health and take more hits than the end boss? Who thought it would be fun to have me punch this wall over and over again while I get ambushed by hordes of enemies? It is not fun at all. It's also just so impersonal, and even if it is tied thematically to the narrative, it's still not always that enjoyable or engaging. So, stop doing this please, think of literally anything else for my health. Number 3. You haven't seen my final form. Okay, so seriously, this one is getting so played out at this point that it's aging by like 10 years every single day. Final Fantasy, Zelda, Kingdom Hearts, Earthbound, Persona, Resident Evil, name a game, and this is in it. 
The idea of a repeating boss that evolves isn't inherently bad. I mean, watching the nemesis change forms and become more powerful made him, well, the player's nemesis. But now, it's become a trope. We've seen it, and it's become a bit tedious. This kind of boss battle is just so predictable at this point, and every time a game tries to fake you out that it's really dead this time, you know there's a 90% chance that this boss will be back, so why bother with this dance? Why bother going through the motions when both of us know that we haven't really seen the last of it? It's like, dude, just cut the crap and evolve or whatever so we can get this over with. We don't have to both pretend that you're really dead. Number 2. Fetch Quests Everyone knew this one was coming. Oh, so you need us to gather five different items and bring them back to you before this quest will progress? Cool, 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 but just so you know, I actually thought that I would be doing a bit more, I guess, nuanced tasks than this with, you know, being the chosen one and all, not just following your goddamn shopping list. Fetch quests haven't just become infamous in recent years, they've been despised for decades now. The most egregious examples are those that send you out to one end of the map, which you probably haven't visited yet so fast travel isn't an option, then upon your return the quest giver asks you to go to a completely different location, which you also can't fast travel to, and it just keeps going. It's even worse when the main story is gated by these quests. Insomniac Spider-Man is awesome, but having to fulfil a crime quarter before advancing the main story is archaic game design. As is Anthem's means of elongating the content by suddenly throwing you a bunch of different items and checklists you need to accomplish before you can advance. No. Number 1. Forced Stealth Stealth is one of my favourite genres. Splinter Cell, Metal Gear, Hitman, they're all top 5 dead or alive franchises if you ask me. Why are they so good though? Well, it's because they were designed to be played as stealth games. Hey, that might sound stupidly obvious, but apparently a fair few developers don't seem to understand that. There really isn't anything worse. Well, there is, because I've absolutely overused that during this whole video, but still, than when you have an action game whose gameplay is just not built for stealth mechanics, decides that you all of a sudden need to become an assassin. But developers, you don't just need to throw in stealth to tick a box, especially if you hit us with an instant fail when we obviously get caught because we've been used to blasting dudes away for the past 6 hours. Stealth sequences can be thrilling when done right, but again, stealth sequences when done poorly can feel so limiting, with no chance for players to experiment. If you don't hit the exact patterns and move in a specific way, well, that sounds like a you problem buddy, get back to the beginning. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.